0: Welcome to our weekly podcast. I'm so excited, once again, to bring some good news to you. My name is Alan Spiegel. This is my wife, Janice. And we're the founders of Safe Harbor International Network of Ministers, uh, Journey School of Ministry, and GraceChannel.com. We pastored for well over 30 years, and now we've devoted our time and our life to helping other people experience the goodness of God. But we got some good news for you today. So I'm gonna let Janice jump right in with me on this and it's gonna be a tremendous blessing to you. So I pray you open your heart because as you open your heart, God's gonna do some things in you today.
1: Hi, y'all. We're going to be talking today about one of the keys to living a successful life, and this is a topic that I love to share on. Mm-hmm. I love living this topic, and so I think we're going to have some fun talking about this today. The um, one of the main keys to a successful to successful living that I consider very important is optimism. Oh, yeah, living an optimistic life. The um, The definition of optimism, I've got it jotted down here, it means uh, the belief that good will prevail, cheerfulness, and hopefulness.
0: Yes, I don't know how many times through the years I've heard you say, well, there's a good chance for God to do a miracle.
1: That's the truth, y'all. You know what? Every once in a while, the enemy raises up his ugly head, but you know what? We just have to remind him that he's under our beautiful feet. You know, we have beautiful feet. Y'all do know that, right? Isaiah tells us that we have, how beautiful are the feet of those that proclaim the gospel of peace. Yes, right. I'll tell them, this is a side story, but I have to tell y'all this. Years ago, Lori, our youngest daughter, she stepped on my toes. When she was growing up, she was always stepping on. Started
0: in her high chair.
1: Yes, knocking her tray off, my wooden tray, onto my big toe. Well, long story short, that toenail had just had all it would take. So it just totally came off. It was nasty. So I would paint the skin so it wouldn't look so ugly, and it looked worse. So one day, we were in uh, the... The worship team was in the prayer circle in the back room before church started, and we were all in a circle holding hands praying, and we had our heads down, you know, and, and so there I had sandals on, and there that old ugly toe was, and so when we got through praying, Jill, our oldest daughter, was standing beside me, and she looked down, and she goes, you need to do something with that, and she <laughs> pointed to that. To my toe. It was
0: pretty nasty, honey. And
1: everybody's just staring, and I go, I just want to tell y'all something. I said, the Bible says my feet are beautiful. I said, y'all look at that toe, and you look at it good because it might be ugly right now, but I'm telling you one thing: that thing is healed, and it's gonna be beautiful. Well, months go by. We're in the circle again, and I'm standing there with that toe completely well. My toenails well manicured, and pretty. And I told them, I said, y'all, look at this beautiful foot. So let me tell you something. Every once in a while, we have to just stomp the ground we're on and remind the enemy that good will prevail. Good is going to prevail. I don't care how ugly and how bad the situation looks. I have hope that good will prevail. And you know what? It's not just hope. It's a belief because I've read the end of the story, and I know that good wins. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Good wins. You know, wins. It's,
0: it's amazing to me and always has been. Now, I'm not that way now, but um, I was totally opposite to optimistic at one point of our lives, you know. And you were always encouragement and what attracted somebody optimistic, somebody like me, unless you just saw I got to help this guy or something. I don't know. I'm glad you did. And so I was quite opposite of that, you know, and, and you really, really helped me. Uh, Change that, you know, along with the Lord, of course. Um, and, and I can re- I can remember, uh, you know, we went through that hard time in 2008 financially, you know, with ministry, the market had crashed. I was stressed out of my mind, came home at lunch. I know you well remember it. I sat down on the couch and you came over and said, well, how are things on a Monday? How are things today, honey? I said, well, they're not any better. And you said, well, it's a good chance for God to do a miracle. And I said, it's easy for you to say that. The butt doesn't stop on your desk. It stops on mine. And you walked by then. I had gotten up because I was so angry. I, I wanted to pop you. And she stuck her finger in the middle of my chest, a little five foot one or two, standing up against six, two, six, one, six, two. And she said, let me tell you something, big boy. I'm not living this way. You know, you either get a hold of God and what you say you believe and what you have preached all these years are let's resign and let's go do something else because I'm not living with you acting like this. It made me so angry. I mean, I really wanted to pop you.
1: Mm-hmm. One time's all it takes. <laughs> He and has
0: to sleep sometimes. I'm not afraid of many people, but she's at the top of the list, and her and my mother. Um, so I went by. I got up. I stormed out the back door, and our, our door, back door had a panes on, window panes on top. I slammed it, and it sounded like it knocked all of them out. And I went back to the church, and I thought, I go back to the church. Anybody says anything to me, I want to fire them. I can't fire her, but I'll fire them. And I didn't go in the office. Went wasn't an to go in the office. I went out and the auditorium. I sat down in the front row. And I said, Lord, I can't do this. And he said, I never told you to do it this way. Anyway, so long story short, I made some decisions in my heart that turned around. But watching you, Janice, be optimistic. You know, I know you don't like me to brag on you like this, but it changed my life. And it's changing my life. Watching how you have handled pressures, you know, and you, like everybody else, it's like, you know, people that are not around you all the time think that that you never have a, a moment, and you don't have many. But if you do, you bounce back quick. But, you know, so from a, from a sharing from a, a, about the importance of optimism, I live with optim, this optimistic lady. And, you know, and honey, I've said this so many times, and you know as well as I do, the thing that attracts you to someone can end up getting on your nerves. So her being full of optimism, especially in the early days, ended up getting on my nerves because I was gloom, despair, and agony on me. And, uh, you know, the old Hee Haw song. So, and, and what you said at the beginning there is such a key to having life, living an optimistic life.
1: There's an old Chinese proverb that says that if you think the worst and get the worst... Then you've hurt. Uh, you suffered twice. If you think the worst and get the best, you've only suffered once. Mm. So you know what? I choose to think the best. I may it may end up the outcome may not be what I want, but I'm not going to sit around and concoct and dream up the worst case scenarios. I'm going to try to focus and think on the very best that I possibly can. Philippians four. I want to share this with you. Philippians four mm. four through six in the past, Passion. It says, be cheerful with uh, joyous celebration. That's a word I love. I love celebrations and I, I love living my life in a celebration. Be cheerful with joyous celebrations in every season of life, every season. Spring, summer, winter, fall. You know, the winter seasons of our life, we can find reason to celebrate. We can find reason to be joyful. Let joy overflow for you are united in the anointed one. You know, uh, in the book of Philippians, if you're having trouble with being optimistic, then I encourage you to spend time in Philippians In Philippians. The 18 times the word joy and rejoicing are talked about or mentioned. So, and it's only four chapters long, y'all. So get into Philippians. Get in there and let um, optimism come alive in you. And remember, Paul wrote these. He wasn't having a grand old party no. when he wrote Philippians. He was in prison. He was in the dungeon of the city when he wrote these words. But it. But he wrote. From experience, he wrote from a heart that he had developed that even in the darkest moments, he had reason to celebrate. He had reason to be optimistic because he knew he still wins. Mm -hmm. He knew the outcome was that he is an overcomer and he is victorious.
0: You know, and think about him being in prison. Now, a lot of scholars believe, and I'm not a scholar by any stretch, but a lot of scholars believe that the innermost part of the prison was the part of the prison where they put the vilest, most hated prisoners and was part of that prison uh, where the sewer of the city actually emptied into it. Now, that's not an absolute, but it's possible they were standing in knee-deep dung. But yet they found... This is scripture, Jans. I wasn't checking Facebook, but I was looking up a verse... Uh, it's in um, Proverbs 15, 15, uh, the Amplified. It says, he that has a merry heart has a continual feast. Right. Regardless of the circumstances. Right. Now, I I know, you know, you and I have been married since 1975, going on 48 years at the, at the time of this podcast. In August, it'll be 48 years. And, you know... You get your wind knocked out, you know it's like you know pastor um, one of our pastor friends said when he first met you a uh, younger younger guy that we've grown close to he and his wife and uh, from Pittsburgh he said the first time he, he met Janice, he said he thought, Miss Janice, I don't know if she's real that nobody can be that happy and he said, but I found out. She is. And I live with her. She she is. She has her moments. Okay, so question. When you get your wind knocked out of you, and you do, you know, from time to time, one of the things that gives people the impression that we who are in ministry uh do not have problems is we don't whine publicly about it. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't like that one podcast or two ago, I talked about how this this lady thought, You guys don't live a normal life like everybody else. No, we don't whine about it on Facebook. We don't publicize what we're going through. After it's over, we may talk about what we went through. Boy, this has jumped up in my heart. It's a statement I've made a lot. Whatever you're going through right now, a year or two from now, and we've seen it time and time and time and time and time and time again, Janice. Whatever you're going through right now that you think you're going to make it, a year or two from now, it's going to be a one or two-sentence story mm-hmm. in, in your life about what God did. Okay, so you get your wind knocked out. You know, I've I've seen you cry the tears. Okay, so my question is, and explain to the people, is how do you bounce back? What, what practical things do you do that helps you bounce back? Because, listen— you may, if you see yourself right here, you may rise above it, and you may sink below it, but you're always going to come back. And if you get your wind knocked out, you're down here. You get a a terrible report. You get your wind knocked out. Something happens with your family. You get your wind knocked out. But you're always going to come back to the way you see yourself. So how do you how do you recoup?
1: And you know what? I think one of the reasons that we come back to that level. Is because that is who we are, mm. and That's I know cute. that when I when I am in those dark places, and I've had a uh, some events that recently that mm-hmm. have have not me. Made- you know, to a lower place. And one of the things that... But you're coming back. One of the things that I feel during that time is I don't want to stay there because uh, that's alien to me. That is an alien feeling yeah. to me because that's not who I am. Nope. I hate the feeling that I feel when I'm in a low place, when I'm in a place that my feelings are in a, a negative zone. So, you know, first of all, I allow myself to process what I'm going through. Process meaning? I, I allow myself to be angry. I allow myself time to cry and grieve. And even though I am upset with myself for getting to that place because I feel like I should be at a level that I shouldn't feel those feelings, I remind myself I am human.
0: But Jesus, Jesus... He, agonized with the place he sweat with her blood.
1: Exactly. So, you know, you have to give yourself a little breathing room. Now, I don't, I'm not going to give myself enough room that I'm going to get into sand during those times. I'm not going to go cut somebody out or punch somebody. Well, that's good to know. Even though I feel like it may be at that time. But, you know, I allow myself space to, and it may take me two or three days, mm-hmm. and, and then, but during those days, I still do the confessions in the mornings, and I confess over my heart. I still do those confessions. I may not have my feelings connected to them. So that you don't greatly. not
0: do anything. I think it's one thing that people do; they don't do anything,
1: right? No. And I still turn to God. I still, you know, ask Him to heal this broken place in my heart. I still push myself into Him, but. Then you know, I, as I begin to feel light again, I begin to encourage myself. I begin to take steps to uh, walk in the healing that I know is available to me, and, and you know, before I know it, I'm back at the level that I know of who I am. Is that
0: what David meant when they, it says David? You know, it says the his peop, the people. People wanted him dead. His his right hand people were walking off. They were ready to kill him, and it says, "And David encouraged himself,
1: right in the Lord." Yeah, you know he had lost everything. up there. He had lost everything. He had come home yeah. everything came home and they came home from battle. Mm-hmm. Their families were gone. Everything was everything in ruin. burned up, gone. And the men that were his aides, were his right hand guys. They turned on him. Yeah. So he had nothing left but God. Mm-hmm. You know what? That's a good thing yeah, not to be. That's a good place to be. But God. Ye, and he turned to God, and it says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. And once he did that, he began to hear a plan from God that brought all that he had lost back to him.
0: So when you're saying encouraged himself in the Lord, and that's what you do, that is done. Huh.
1: That's done in a lot of ways. I'll tell um, years ago I was in a funk. I call it the mully grubs. I don't know what you call it, but when I well, You don't get that way much when I wake up and I'm just not myself. I'm like for you no get, reason at all. I'm just not myself and I'm you just in the, slap
0: somebody for no reason.
1: I'm in the molly grubs. So I remember I got it that morning and I was just grumpy, not feeling good. Glad right, I was at the office. So I go to the office and mm. I have to go through <laughs> Alan's office to get to my office and Alan is totally consumed with the project he's on at that moment. He you know, he barely says hello. I go in and I say, I'm just in kind of the mully grubs today. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. You know, not <laughs> not really giving me any attention at all. So I The
0: attention you thought you deserved.
1: Right. So I go into my office and I sit down at my desk and I'm like, oh, God, I'm so aggravated. I'm in the molly and nobody cares. Adam didn't even give me any attention. And I just sit there and this story about David came up in my heart that he encouraged himself in the Lord. He encouraged himself. His men didn't do it for him. The women were all gone. They didn't do it for him. He encouraged himself. Y'all. You can do it for yourself, okay? So, he
0: again emphasizing we're talking about you just had a bad day. He come back to nothing. Right. He, was done, he his, was
1: done past the Mulligan. His children
0: were gone. Yeah. And he was, was in gone.
1: deep depression, okay? Yeah. So so I had, you know, some really nice note cards that I would write out to my ladies on you know, on a weekly basis. So I just had a, a brilliant idea. So I went through my cards and I found the prettiest one I could find,
0: and... You're going to write it to me.
1: I wrote myself the sweetest note. I told myself everything that I wanted everybody in that office to come in there and tell me. Like what? Like, hey, girl, you're just looking so good today. You know that you are just something so special. I don't know what I said, but I told myself everything that I needed to hear. And Everything, it. That,
0: everything you wanted me to say.
1: Every, anybody <laughs> to say at that moment I would take it from anybody so I was like I wrote it all out I signed it and I said I love you so much you you go you Jesus girl and I signed <laughs> it and I, I put my address on it put a stamp on it
0: oh my gosh And
1: I didn't stop there now this
0: votes this is not an exaggeration
1: I didn't stop there I called the front office and I said Becky I said, "Can you put Did me?" Did you mail that card? I mailed that card.
0: Okay.
1: I said, "Can you put me through to the voicem- my voicemail?" And she said, "Sure." So she put me through to my voicemail, and after my voicemail got through, I said, "Hey," I said, "I just you're leaving to yourself be- a message. I'm leaving my sale." a message. I said, hey, I just wanted to call and tell you that you are so you actually, valuable. Again, you so are so important. You well, actually, you kind interrupting me. Yes, I did. This. I did this. It's I, been so long
0: since I've heard this story.
1: I said, you are so valuable. You are so important. And I just want you to know that you may be having a bad day, but this is coming to pass. This is not who you are. You are bigger than this. Girl, get out there and celebrate the day. I was just telling myself such good stuff. So I hung up. About that time, somebody knocks at the door, and it's my oldest daughter, Jill. She comes in, and I go, I said, Jill, I said, just listen to this message I just got. Somebody just left for me. So I pushed it, and there it goes. And Jill's standing there, and she goes... Her eyes just keep getting bigger, bigger. She goes, Mom! She said, have you lost your mind? <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, I just need a little encouragement So what about the card? Did you make a Well, a couple of days later, I come home from the church, and Lori's in the car with me. I get the mail out of the mailbox. And I I go, oh, I said, somebody sent me a card. And I opened it up.
0: No, wait, wait a minute. Didn't, didn't Lori look at it and said, Mom, I lost sure your handwriting.
1: No, I opened it up, oh. and she's like, Mom, that looks like your handwriting. I go, oh, I said, this is the sweetest card I think I've ever gotten. And she looked at it and she did the same thing Jill did. She goes, Mom, have you gone crazy? And I'm like, no, I just need encouragement. Y'all.
0: David, now, did it, that really help you? It helped
1: me so much. It helped me so much. And you know what? It just brightened up my day because it was so crazy and so out but there. You know what? That yeah. it was like I smiled, I loved it, I enjoyed it, and it was truth. All
0: right? That's what I was gonna say. You know, that sounds outlandish, and I've heard you tell that story a few times, and it's been a long time since I heard it, but it sounds outlandish. And and you're probably, you know, listening or watching this thinking that's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. But what you were actually doing, and you said it there at the end of of your statement, is she was confessing the truth about herself. You know, and and so, you know, it's like in the book of Philemon, it says that uh, by, by the acknowledging of every good thing, you know, that you experience breakthroughs by the acknowledging right. of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. Right. See, that's not that's not boasting in you.
1: Mm-mm.
0: That's boasting in the one that created you. That is such a powerful statement. And it's
1: coming alive to truth. You know, it, it is. Because that is, that is really who you are. That is kind of far-fetched and out there. And most people would not do something that crazy. But you know what? Sometimes when you're in a bad spot, and that I wasn't really in that bad of a spot. That was not a very dark time for me. But sometimes when you are, you have to take extreme measures. You have to do some extreme things to get your optimism back up, to get yourself back to the place to who you really are. That is who I really am. Those things that I confessed over myself, that's who I really am. See, and
0: she did that, you know, she's down here. The way she sees herself is here. You know, her emotionally, you know, she comes back. And I
1: just want to uh, confess that over you today. If you're in a low spot in your life, I just want to tell you, you are not that person. You that's are right. a person filled with Jesus. Mm. With every good thing that God has, you are full of that. Right. You are full of faith. You are full of power. You're full of overcoming power. So whatever it is that's got you down, you have the power to overcome that. You have the answers that you're seeking. They are... In your heart, they are in you. So, you know, press into who you are, into the Jesus inside of you, Holy Spirit who is inside of you, and let wisdom come forth for you and answers come forth from you. Let hope arise. And I'm telling you, optimism comes forth from that hope.
0: You know, there's a scripture in Romans that says that don't say who will ascend into heaven and bring Jesus down from above or who will go into the deep and bring him up from beneath. He says, "But the answer is in, in you.
1: you, in it, your
0: mouth. Uh-huh. That's in your heart and your mouth. mouth. Yeah, so you have the answer, right? You have the answer. Like I said a minute ago, in Philemon, by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. And so, a, a, a real element. And we'll go. We'll go further next time. We do yeah, one more. we haven't anymore.
1: finished this one. I don't think. I think we got to go a little bit further yeah, with this. So we'll
0: topic. we'll jump back in this next week." You don't want to miss it, but um, I mean, I, honestly, and I'm not—I'm not just saying this. I feel it, I mean, I didn't feel discouraged to start with, but I feel even more encouraged, you know, after just talking about some of the key elements for how to do that. So you don't want to miss next next week, you know. Invite your friends, uh, you know, to to watch, to listen, uh, subscribe to our podcast. And it will make a difference. You know, as you constantly put the right food, spiritual food in you, you start getting the harvest that you want. That's right. You know, there's a scripture in Mark 4 It says, one of my favorite. It says the farmer plants a seed and he goes to bed. And whether he's awake or she's awake, it's producing, in Genesis it says, and they don't know how. That's right. So things start changing It says whether you're awake or whether you're asleep. So when you get the right thing working in you, we'll talk some more about this next week, whether you're awake or whether you're asleep, you're moving toward that destination. And the harvest will come. You know, uh, the gospel is effortless change. You know, the, the grace brings forth... Effortless change. But let me tell you something. Changing your beliefs is not effortless.
1: That's right. That's you right. Have you know to, what? If you, you have to work at it. If you have a tendency to be uh pessimistic, the easiest thing you can do today to start changing is smile. Yeah. That's one of the most simple things you can do is start yeah. instead of that frown that you wear quite often, is try to smile a lot more often. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right. So next week we'll jump back in. You don't want to miss it. Uh, I'm encouraged. You know, by the time we finish next week, you're going to feel like you can uh, attack hell with a water pistol Uh, because I'm telling you, it's going to be fantastic. Until next time, blessings to you.
1: Bye, y'all.